Hey friends, it's Mark James. How are you all? Um, first thing to say is that if you are a Spotify listener to this podcast, I'm sorry, there seems to be an episode missing. I did an episode called It's Okay Not To Be Okay, Cancelled Gigs Low On Fuel uh, the day before yesterday, and I just found out that it never went on Spotify. I was wondering why there was a weird, like, like 17 listeners fewer on that le- uh, episode than any other, and I looked and 17 people listened to this on Spotify. <laughs> so if the 17 of you are hearing this on Spotify, uh, you might want to check out if you want to hear that episode. You might want to check out uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever so you can find that episode or any other podcast app because you, you missed out on one. So I'm really sorry. Anyway, let's get to today. What is going on? My weight. It was 18... Um, <laughs> oh, God. Right. It was 18.6, wasn't it? I put four pounds on in a day. How did I put fa- four pounds on in a day, I hear you ask? Well, it's because I had a lot of shit, didn't I? Yesterday, Sarah made these mini hummingbird cakes. I don't know how to describe hummingbird cake. It's got pineapple and stuff in, but it's really nice. It's a bit like banana bread texture-wise, but it's hummingbird cake. So I had three of those. I had three Fry's Turkish Delights. Fry's, by the way, is owned by Cadbury's, I found out. It's Turkish Delight, It's like, but it's covered in chocolate, if you're not if you've never seen one before. I had 36 wings, which were from the wings place, but cooked at home. We bought them and brought them home and then made them at home with uh, Parmesan cheese dip. I had uh, the double quarter pounder that I mentioned on yesterday's episode that I said wasn't very good. I also had a McDonald's triple cheeseburger later to try and make up for it. I had a large tube of Smarties. Uh, I don't know what Smarties are like. I don't think you have them in America. They're a bit like... um, Oh, what are they like? You do have something that's like them. They're like uh, chocolate, but in a kind of hard shell. They're Nestle. Uh, I had a mint Aero, a large Fanta from McDonald's. Then I had a large Coke Zero when I had the triple cheeseburger. I had two zero-calorie energy drinks, and I had a litre of zero-calorie Iron Brew, which is... um, a, a British drink. It's orange. <laughs> Tastes like girders, apparently. I mean, if you're American, that just doesn't make any sense, but that's what it is. So I ate all of that stuff in a single day and uh, felt horrible this morning. Put four pounds on. Now, what are you going to do? It's one of them, isn't it? 1810. So this is what I'm going to do, friends. I'm going to set a challenge. Now, it's up to you how you approach this. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, and it's up to you if you follow me and try and do it as well. But I am going to attempt to walk from tomorrow, Monday, I'm going to attempt to walk 200,000 steps from tomorrow, from Monday. So we'll be counting up every day on how many I did. I'll be wearing the Fitbit, but I'm going to, I won't be pretending to jerk off to get any fake steps on. Um, if you listen to the FitFap episode, I, I'm going to try and do 200 thousand steps in a week. I'm also going to do the fast days and all the other stuff that I have to do to maximize my weight loss. So I'll take my weight in the morning. I'll tell you what it is. That's what we're going to focus on at the beginning of every episode. How many steps I did the day previous and what I ate and stuff. So I won't really be able to tell you the total steps until Tuesday for Monday because obviously it's a whole day thing. But I'm going to, if I have to, I'm going to go out walking late at night and stuff to get them steps up. 200,000 steps, one week. As we know, I've only got one gig this week coming. So by next Monday, I'm just going to see where I'm at. 
because I'll be starting a period of having two weeks off uh, after having a week off. So basically, I have three weeks off with one gig, but I'm going to try and do 200,000 steps. That's it. So it's up to you if you want to try and do that too. You can. That's where I'm up to. A couple of people asked me, uh, I mentioned in an episode the other day that I hate toxic masculinity. And they said, what do you perceive as toxic masculinity? So I'm going to answer that question for all of you. It's times when men are needlessly masculine in ways that are stupid. Teenage boys uh, and certain men who seem to think that their masculinity is affected by the way that they carry a carrier bag. (laughs) Have you ever noticed, right? When you have a plastic carrier bag, you're supposed to carry it by putting your hands, your hand through the two little holes that are in the top of the carrier bag. That's how you carry it. What some men, and especially teenage boys do, is they grasp the whole top of the carry bag together, like as if it's a sack that you'd throw over your shoulder. It's very hunter-gatherer in vibe, and they carry a bag round like that, as if holding it by the handles would make them a bit soft or whatever. I don't understand it. It's things like that. Toxic masculinity is just men being overly manly, overtly manly, in a way that isn't even manly. It's just fucking stupid. That doesn't make you more of a man, carrying a carrier bag like that. Being able to punch someone in the face and knock them out doesn't make you more of a man. Being more of a man is about taking care of stuff. It's about putting other people first. It's about being a gentleman. It's about not even traditional values, but just values. At least having some, at least values that don't extend from self, you know, just all yourself. That's what it's about. It's not even being a man. You don't even need to attach gender to this. It's just about being a good person. So, you know, if you carry a carrier bag like that, though, you're a dickhead. (laughs) Let's be clear. Speaking about gender, I just saw a story today about a gender reveal. Some couple paid £75,000 to have the gender of their baby projected onto the Burj Al Khalifa, which is a building in Dubai, which I've seen and been to when I was doing cruise ships. I went there. There's the Burj Al Arab and there's the Burj Al Khalifa. The Burj Al Arab is the building that looks like a wind sail almost. It's like a curved hotel, which is on the beach. Uh, And the Burj Al Arab is the super, super high building. And they had their gender thing at the top of there. Let me just save you all some money. If you've got 75 grand for stuff like that, obviously you don't care what you spend it on. You know, that's proper money, that. But save it for your baby. (laughs) You know, you're going to need that money. Having a kid is expensive. And let me just tell you this. Honestly, nobody really gives a shit that you're even having a baby, let alone what type you're having. They should call that. What, because gender is a very fluid concept now, isn't it? You know, I don't really want to get into this as a thought because I haven't formulated my own opinions and I don't really understand it that well. But what I'll go back to is what Muhammad Ali said when someone said, why can't I call you Cassius Clay? Isn't that your name? And he said, a man, take that out of it. This is just what he said, I'm quoting. A man has the right to be called whatever he wishes to be called. And I I agree with that. You know, if you are, whatever gender you are assigned at birth, if that is not the gender that you identify with as an adult who's capable of making your own decisions, then that's all right with me. If you want to be called he, cool. You want to be called she, cool. You want to be called they, cool. I don't mind, and nor should I. Like, why would my opinion on this even matter? But I think that's fine. But I find the concept of announcing your baby's gender before they're born 
It doesn't step on any liberal thing of, well, that baby has rights to decide for themselves what they are and what, whether they want people to know. It's not about that. It's about the fact that nobody cares you're having a baby, <laughs> let alone what type you're having. People comment. People say, oh, yeah, they like your photograph. They like your status about it. They're not really bothered. It's nice. But everyone's having babies. Everyone was a baby. Babies are left, right and centre. I just think, God, you know, some people struggle to have babies. It's a very difficult, it's a whole issue. But I don't think gender reveals. I don't dig them at all. It might come from personal experience in that I was once backstage. It does. <laughs> it all comes from personal experience. Maybe people do care, but I'm just grouchy because actually last season I was backstage at a gig. It was down south, uh, down south. Do, 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 do. It was down south um, in Weymouth or near Weymouth, a holiday park near Weymouth. And I was supposed to be on at nine o'clock. And I was driving back afterwards and it was like a five hour drive. And they said, oh, we're a bit delayed because there's a family that are doing a gender reveal on stage and they want to do it on stage tonight and they they can't stay out late or some bullshit. Anyway, I ended up going on at 25 past nine, 25 minutes late. My show started for a room with 600 people in it. That might tell you which holiday park it was. <laughs> <laughs> if you know the if you know the places for a room with 600 people in it just so two people could tell the 10 people they were with what kind of baby they were having in an extravagant way to me that's gone too far the team allowed it and that's it is what it is they said that they could do it they didn't want to let those people down because but then they fucked about and they were late so that made it take ages and the whole thing and the whole room had to wait 25 minutes just so these two dickheads that nobody gives a fuck about could have their shitty baby's gender revealed in a room where nobody even knows them. Have I made myself clear enough about how I feel? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and learn, though, about the whole gender thing and how people feel. I hope that doesn't sound reductive, by the way, saying the whole gender thing. I do understand that it's important and I agree that it's important and I'm very liberal and I think everyone should be able to feel comfortable in who and what they are. It's not necessarily anybody's business. Why should gender even really matter? You know, if someone's got a name like Tony or I've got a friend called Tracy, we talk all about time about, you know, what a nightmare it was for him to have that name when he was a kid because it's traditionally perceived to be a girl's name. His is not spelt the way that a girl would normally spell it. But, you know, if you've got a name that can be either gender and you apply for a job, you're, that shouldn't be a question on the form. There's a start. If you're applying for a job, maybe your gender shouldn't be a question on the form. What jobs are there that men can do that women can't do or vice versa? There aren't many, are there? I mean, you should be taken on merit. Your name should be enough. Maybe your age, but even then, a lot of the time, that's not going to matter. Some jobs have age restrictions. Am I digging a hole here? I'm not trying to. I guess I'm trying to just get angry about stuff that annoys me, but without sounding like, uh, you know, I have any old-fashioned views, because I don't. Ah, bollocks, you all know me well enough to know. It's fine. I'm going to tell you about my rich childhood friend. I had a friend when I was a kid. His name was Luke. I perceived him as incredibly rich and I suppose they were especially compared to my family I mean we were all right but we we're very working class and proudly so which is fine but uh, I mean to be working class now is a real bonus to be working is a bonus but uh, they were rich they were very middle class and the thing 
I mean, they lived in a massive house and he had a great computer, an Amiga, an Amiga 1200 it was. And I used to go around and play on it. Um, they had Sky Television, which we didn't have, which is like having cable for my American friends. Uh, they had all sorts of crazy stuff, a massive garden with goalposts in and all of that, you know. He always had the newest football kit. He was a Man United fan. Um, they had a lot of money. But the thing that told me when I was 9, 10, 11 years old that they were rich is that I would walk around to get him before we went to school because I would get the school bus next to where he lived and we'd both get on the school bus together. Is that when I would go in their house of a morning, his mum would say, get yourselves a chocolate bar each out of the fridge. And they would have a Tupperware container that had chocolate bars in. And that was it. That was... <laughs> That is the thing that told told me they were rich. Now let's be clear, what they had chocolate bars in. I mean, like they had chocolate bars, and they weren't to be eaten right now. Like if I go to the shop and buy chocolate bars, it's because I'm eating them now. I'm eating them today. They just had chocolate bars in, and beers and stuff. A fridge with loads of beers in and loads of chocolate bars and loads of stuff. Everyone I'd ever known bought chocolate that they were about to eat or bought beer that they were about to eat. This family was so rich that they bought beer and chocolate and they didn't eat or drink it straight away. <laughs> Does anyone else have a similar experience to that of, uh, of what it is, of what of just being rich? That to me stood out as being really rich. Speaking of a bit rich, we're being told now by Boris Johnson that we can't chill in groups of six or more. And I mentioned this the other day, but I just wrote this on Facebook. It is a bit rich to be told not to break social distance rules by a guy who broke his marriage vows, broke the public's trust, broke promise, promises he made to the Queen, Her Majesty, old Elizabeth herself, is about to break international laws in order to get through a Brexit deal that broke every rule imaginable in order to mislead the British public. And he's telling us not to break social distance rules. Here's an idea, Boris. Why don't you fuck off? How'd you like them apples? <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Um, so I'm, uh, I finished Mary Poppins, as you know. I've started on Great Gatsby. I'm actually listening to Great Gatsby on Audible. Gosh, it is some of the best writing I've ever read slash heard. It's incredible. So I went for my walk today and um, I a couple of things happened. I went for the walk and I walked past the cricket club and they were playing cricket. And as they were playing cricket, I stood to watch and I was listening to the Greg Gatsby whilst watching cricket and I thought, it's all right, you know, the world is okay. There is beauty in this world. There are things in this world that are worth saving. And the Great Gatsby and Cricket are two of them. It was lovely. So that's today. I'll tell you the piñata story tomorrow because these episodes are getting too long. I just talk shit and rabbit on for too long. But I'll do it tomorrow. This is 15 minutes. Um, I'm in a much better mood today. Tomorrow I'm going to tell you the piñata story. I'll tell you about the guy who was banging on about Jesus in town uh, uh, today. And I will tell you where I'm up to on the step challenge because I'm going to get, get up and get out early tomorrow. Get those steps done, baby. Um, thanks, friends. You are all awesome. <laughs> so join me. Tomorrow, we're doing no food, we're fasting, and we're trying to walk at least 32,000 steps. That, that should be enough. There might be days when I fall under, but um, I don't know. 200,000 steps. I mean, if I do 
That's 28,000 steps a day. It's by no means impossible. Uh, I generally walk at least 25. I'll have to step it up. Step it up. There we go. Uh, so join me. Try and walk 200,000 steps next week. Bye, friends.